0: Hello, and welcome to the GamesIndustry.biz microcast, your shot of morning coffee filled with glorious games industry news and a little bit of analysis. I'm Chris String, I'm the head of GamesIndustry.biz, and I'm joined by my uh, uh,
1: esteemed editor in chief, uh, uh, James Batchelor. Hello, James, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm not much of a coffee drinker. No I'll, need. I'll have a hot chocolate. I'll have a hot chocolate, but uh, I'm not much of a caffeine person. We're serving the coffee; we don't have to drink it. We just—that's uh, that, okay, that's man. What, I can handle that. That's
0: what our listeners are here for. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, today's podcast. Well, I think I think it was good to start off with talking around the latest financial results uh, from Take Two and Ubisoft. You can read up exactly what they were on um, GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, uh, now, the, the, in the in, the, in, the, in to keep it short, Take Two did a little better than expected. Ubisoft uh, did a little worse than expected. Um, but the takeaway for me um from these from these results is that it's an industry going through a little bit of a challenging post um COVID come down. We've talked about this quite a bit actually. Ubisoft in January said that um their uh financial results uh, was hurt, their results their results were damaged by the fact that gamers are more more than ever gravitating towards the mega brands, the super brands. And, um, and they didn't really release many last year. Their big games were Marion and Rabbids and Just Dance. And as a result, they, they underperformed. They delivered all sorts of um, warnings and, and and having to change their forecasts. Um, uh, Take-Two um, had a similar problem, actually. You know, their game, their big game, Marvel's Midnight Suns, wasn't a big game, but their Christmas title didn't do very well. They struggled um, with their smaller titles. But what's boosted them in the last minute Is the PlayStation 5 stock arrival? Because we just we all know when more PlayStation stock arrives, more copies of Grand Theft Auto are sold. And that is um and so they they did they did some some good numbers there. Um I think looking forward, and there were two bits that jumped out, um, Ubisoft actually have a big year this year. It's a bit of an interesting one. They've got an Assassin's Creed, they've got a game they haven't announced yet, they've got Avatar and they've got Skull and Bones. And these games are they all got their own challenges. No, this isn't a normal Assassin's Creed release, it is a sort of throwback Assassin's Creed game so that's going to be interesting to see if it can deliver the sort of numbers that um, the more recent ones have done Um, but at least Ubisoft have a fighting chance this year they do have some big brands it might have to work harder uh, for them to deliver and that's why they're going to Summer Games Fest next month Um, and Take-Two obviously Take-Two calmed any concerns by dropping the massive hint that uh, we're about 18 months away from a new Grand Theft Auto game so that was my take on it um it feels like um things are going and it's quite simplistic to say the market is all about big brands but you can see it out there you saw zelda 10 million in three days hogwarts legacy 15 million in two weeks and um, you go back to god of war and pokemon was also 10 million in three days both of them nintendo's fastest selling games so you can see those big big titles doing well smaller titles it depends there are some that are breaking out but there is a lot of challenge out there um so yeah, that's, um, I don't think it's anything new, but it is a. It is an ongoing... The trends are being backed up by the data.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to see how each of the big publishers are performing. Um, the main takeaway I took from Ubisoft was uh, the, the story, at least, that's been doing the rounds a lot is that as Ubisoft faces the struggles that so many big companies are, as the market kind of adapts, uh, their answer is more Assassin's Creed. And like, I never like seeing any kind of publisher rely... On one franchise, uh, you know too much. I, I think you end up in the well, hopefully not as bad as, but you know you end up in the Activision uh, situation where they all all the Activision part of that business provides is Call of Duty and almost nothing else. I wouldn't want to see that come to uh, Assassin's Creed. I'm personally intrigued in Mirage and how well that performs because, according to reports, it's going to be a much kind of smaller game, kind of according to the hints they've given. It's a smaller game, and as you say, a throwback to the original Assassin's Creed. I will not bore everyone here with my uh, very very pernickety taste in what does and doesn't canvas and Assassin's Creed game. But I think it's interesting that they're experimenting with a smaller title, given that the larger ones, Origins, Odyssey and Valhalla, is what's driven the series to becoming like a billion-dollar franchise for the first time. And they said, when I went to the um kind of corporate event they held last September, they were talking about how they want at least three of their franchises to become billion-dollar franchises. They want them to become... You know, bigger and bigger and Assassin's Creed is clearly the one they're going heavy on first time like I say back in September they announced they didn't just announce Mirage they kind of announced like I think it was like five Assassin's Creed's by the end of it like including like a mobile one on Netflix so I'm intrigued to see what they do with that without how, how do you grow a franchise that much and use it to bolster your results without fatigue Year without invo- invoking fatigue within your consumers and within your fan base, which I think, given the number of accreeds they've announced, and depending on how soon those come out, they're in danger of doing. I was really intrigued to see um, Take Two's future forecast because, like most most companies, obviously only give you their forecast for the next financial year. And Take Two, unusually and, and in their own words, uncharacteristically, uh, not only kind of announced their forecast for fiscal 2024, so 12 months ending. Mm. March 31st 2024 um, so the current financial year they expect net losses for that but that's when they dropped in the hint that oh yeah but we're going to have revenue spike of eight billion dollars in fiscal 2025 but we're not going to name any titles we're not going to name any titles that, that might be coming at that time we'll just leave it to you to speculate um, and then they expect additional growth for like in 2026 so clearly yeah as we know we, we, it's fairly obvious what's coming in fiscal 2025 what I found interesting beyond just that one big release was um, Zelnick on a investors' call spo- uh, spoke about their lineup. Because they they were asked, you know, like why are you so confident about fiscal twenty twenty five? And essentially, the you know, the investors are trying to trying to get him to admit that Grand Theft Auto six is coming out, perhaps. But um, Zelnick instead said, instead said, like we've just got we've got, we've been investing heavily in our pipeline, and we've got a great amount of content in our pipeline. Executives love the word pipeline, and that is now coming to fruition he said there are going to be 12 games coming out this current financial year and 36 across the next two so that's 48 by my remedial math skills that's 48 games coming from take two by April 2026 now the thing to factor there in is obviously that will not just be 48 games from 2k games and Rockstar. That will include games from Private Division, which is their kind of indie publi- indie-ish publishing label. That will include Zynga, which is the mobile mobile giant that they published a couple of years back. Um, but again, like it, within that, he said that 44% or more of that will be new IP. Now that could just be, uh, we, we don't know how companies define new IP. Lego 2K Drive comes out today. They might count that as a new IP, because we've not had a 2K Drive game before, it's a licensed game so it's not really a new IP they could you know Zynga wise they could just basically release a ton of with friends games we've already got words with friends and chess with friends if we have like Sudoku with friends is that a new IP we don't know but the promise of new IP I always find interesting because I'm always intrigued somewhere in that 44% will be something new and interesting even if it's just like Ken Levine's Judas you know there will be something new and interesting which i always find interesting because you you never know which new ip is going to become the next big franchise
0: yeah i mean and you know they actually tend to be quite good with new ip i know they don't they haven't released a lot of games over the last generation just generally um but um they tend they do tend to try stuff and private division obviously publishes a lot of new games and new concepts you know including that new game from game freak so um there is um there is there is a there is a lot going on there uh, they're they're a pretty solid business you know they've got pretty you don't get much they've got massive franchises and they do like to to invest some of that money in in, in some, creating some new ones and you, you know as they say they've spent, they have spent the last generation building up these studios working on new projects really pushing stuff and they're, they're going to come a point when that dam's going to burst and sounds like it's and
1: it's coming soon Another thing that um, Strauss-Zelnick said that was interesting, so we, we're lucky enough to to get access to Strauss um, and have a conversation with him around these results. Um, Brendan Sinclair, our managing editor, spoke to him and asked about his thoughts on the recent cancellation of E3. Take-Two has been a long-running support of E3 to the point where the one time I went to E3... Take-Two was there, had a big old booth on the show floor, had no games. It was just like an executive booth for you to go and do like interviews and stuff. It was the only gameless booth because they wanted to be there. They wanted to support the show. They didn't want to be absent um, and not get any kind of attention at all. Um, in the conversation with Brendan, like he was talking about the, the role that E3 can continue to play for the industry. And I should probably stay at this point, obviously... We're part of ReadPop. ReadPop was working on E3. Chris, you were almost directly involved with some of the um, organisation of E3. So we'll just get that there. But um, he was talking about, he believed that it can continue to play a role for the business. Um, but he added that it, it needs to serve everyone who's a player in the business. And he said, and I'm going to quote here. And I think for a period of time, some of the large players in the business took E3 for granted and decided to step away from the show, but still be in the publicity business at the same time and in the same location. And I think that's problematic. I think you either have to support the show or there isn't going to be a show. Now, that sounds very familiar, given that you wrote a similar opinion piece uh, about a month ago, Chris. What were your thoughts?
0: Um, yes. It's interesting he's not, he's not the only executive to have said that, and he's not the only executive who said that who also didn't support E3. So... Um, i'm i think it's worth you know you're right i i was a little involved in e3 i wasn't on the e3 team but i was there alongside them as it went uh south and um uh and i'm not i'm not this isn't repop official repop statement like this is purely my my position on it. i um i don't think e3 is going to return um but the reason why so e3 has two and there's a lot been a lot of soul searching internally right there's a lot of Oh, if we'd done this differently. If we'd approached that differently. Maybe if we'd started doing this. And this was the. I. I, I kind of. I get that. But there's a part of me that goes. Um, ultimately. Ultimately, the industry didn't want it, and, and I think they didn't want it for two reasons. There's two big issues with E3 that's difficult to solve. Why is E? Why does E3 exist? What is the event for? And it's primarily for, retailers to be told what's coming up and get excited and sign stuff. And it's for the media to sort of look at stuff and cover stuff. And retailers just aren't as important anymore. Hardware companies might benefit from it. But broadly speaking, retailers just aren't important anymore. So that part of the show has sort of died off. The media bit, even media is not as important anymore. I mean, it's still important, but community and, and community engagement is now the focus for a lot of these companies. So that's one challenge. The other challenge, and Take 2 weren't coming to E3 this year, right? So, and I'm guessing the reason they didn't come to E3 this year is actually because they don't have anything to show you know, probably got a basketball game coming up, but there wasn't enough for them to show. So they, they did, they weren't coming. And that for me, and there's not the only ones they're, Um, And that for me speaks to an industry that's with companies, big AAA companies just releasing fewer and fewer titles. And that's, that's problem for 3 You know, they have fewer games to show at least in the AAA space. So I think you've got these two fundamental problems that are really, really hard to overcome might even be insurmountable. Um, So, I think from a fundamental level, it's an event that, that that people, you know, and I think there are people that value it. You know, Strauss clearly values it. He thinks, oh, it's great. Everyone's watching E3. It's really exciting. The whole industry's there. But um, does it deliver return on investment? Does it actually make sense from their business perspective? And where the only hope I think that E3 has is if the platform holders say they'll go. Right, if you can get Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo going, yet yeah, we'll be there we'll definitely be there not just be there nearby we're gonna have a booth and we're gonna have games for people to play because that'll create a lightning bolt moment in LA that week that'll create people who are who are going to come to the show the media will come the mainstream media will come everyone will watch it because those three players are there and because those three players are there all the publishers will feel they need to be there as well and you get to create that big epic exciting week that we all that we all sort of love about um I love about that week in June but um I at least two of them. You don't necessarily all need all three of them, but at least two of them. And I think E3 might be able to come back. But I, I at this point, the the you no know, being going through what the last year's been through, I have severe doubts we'll ever see
1: E3 again. I agree. But I do think we'll still see, as kind of Strauss said, like, you know, people kind of doing that publicity. Blitz in the middle of June or you know, in that early June period. I mean, we're already seeing why? this year that like there is no E three, but I don't know. I, I Habit out of anything, but like I mean, like we're we're seeing it already. Like obviously, you've got um, Summer Games Fest is trying to replace E three sort of, but then you've still got you've got Microsoft are doing their Microsoft the Xbox game showcase followed by a Starfield Direct. I believe Devolver have confirmed that they're still doing their Direct. I think I even saw like Wholesome Games is doing their Direct. Like, a, it's Ubisoft are doing stuff around yeah, that week, but that's
0: because that's because they, they committed to it
1: when E three was going to
0: be there. Yeah. Like E three was supposed to be that week, and these companies had already signed up yeah. and already got things planned and processes in place to announce stuff that week. So they're still doing it. But do they do it next year, knowing if they know E three is not going to be there, will they still go in that week? And I don't know the answer. I'm just skeptical. Is he June the best time to announce video games? Like, is that the best? Would you could you not just go somewhere else? Could you not do it on your own schedule without having? You know, I just,
1: I, I, I hope I'm wrong. Well, we, but it, it, it's we we saw that in 2020. We had like a, a just array of game showcases from like April through to September, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was just purely because. We, you, we're you accustomed to it all being concentrated in one week in June. Um, but he just felt so disconnected. And we almost, we almost got like, there was definite feeling of fatigue by kind of July, August, when more of these uh, showcases were going up. So I think the spreading out that excitement impacts the ones who go later.
0: Yeah, but I don't, I just, I, I, I love, I'm a, i'm a supporter of it. I love that big lightning bolt moment, the whole world coming together. Everyone getting very excited about games. I really wanted to come back. That's why I got, that's why I wanted to get involved in E3 in the first place. But um, I think if you're just, if you, I, I just, I don't think it's even going to be called cool given the name. I think, I think, yeah, I, I, my feeling is as of right now, that week, that big moment of announcements is just gone. And we're just going to be spread out and hidden within other events. And there might be some announced that, paxes and egxs and gdcs and, and 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 gamescoms obviously gamescom will be a decent one um and just on people's own schedules um i think it's a shame and i'm and i and but you know unless those platform holders go actually no we do want to have this moment um but it that's why people go people go for those three everyone not just the media not just the people watching at home but also the publishers you know with the big question the e3 team kept getting was what platform holders are there and when the answer was none well look what happened so um but i I hope i'm wrong and i'm going to summer games fest i'm really looking forward to it and i'm hoping i go there and there's a big positive vibe and everyone's like we've got to keep doing this i'm hoping that's the result of it i just you know maybe it's because weariness of of what's happened over the last year but I, i i i have my doubts what i will say though to counter all that to, to contradict all that, Sony are going with an announcement. <laughs> they're doing something. Sony, Sony were never involved anyway. They were never interested in going their thing. And I do quite like the fact that they've sort of done a last minute. They're doing a showcase too, and it's an hour. And right? it's probably they're going to be their big biggest probably their biggest PS5 showcase since the PS5 launched. Really, um so I'm um I'm quite excited to see what they do. I, I do like the way I, I used to be quite critical of Sony's rather um, small quite sort of more you know they're not quite they're not quite in your face they're not and they're not as ubiquitous they're not as everywhere with their pr around these things um they sort of do something quite late nintendo are similar and didn't um, microsoft are quite the opposite you know and i think that's the difference between a company that's selling a products and companies that's selling sort of an all-year-round service and um, one needs to do a lot more talking than the other but um i think playstation obviously are still doing something in this window so maybe maybe there is hope
1: maybe i am intrigued about that sony event and maybe i'm reading too much into the branding but the fact that it's referred to as playstation showcase rather than the usual state of play and the fact that it's an hour long like it it feels like it's going to be bigger than the sort yeah. of events they've been doing recently and and as you were saying like we 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 don't really know what's coming up for PlayStation now. We know that Spider-Man 2 is coming out, and possibly a, a couple of other things. We know they've got a ton of live service games in development, but it'll be years before these, we see those. Oh. Whereas the past you know, good few years, we've known that right. we've got Horizon coming, and yeah. Gran Turismo, and God of War, and, and we don't know what's next. The vast next. majority of those
0: games were announced before the PS5 launch, and most of them were due in the first
1: year of mm. PS5 so
0: um you know the are because yeah. of covid so so we actually see we actually don't this is almost like the second set of playstation games we haven't seen anything of wolverine either that's the other game they have on the schedule but yeah you're right you know uh, you're yes. right there's not a lot and um, playstation have also changed their strategy i remember you'll remember ps4 they would announce a game and then release it five years later they used to announce games that weren't even in development yet um that used to be the, yeah. the playstation mo it's now almost the polar opposite they'll tease something maybe a year or two out and then they'll they'll wait close to launch and then show it to you and i you know, it's the right, it's the right play, and I think it's um, and I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm I'm interested to see what they're going to show.
1: That caught up with them as well, didn't it? Like, and this this kind of contributed to their departure from E3 because they got to the stage where they'd go to E3 and only have just updates on previous games they've announced. So, like, wasn't I think it was 2018 where they the their conference was basically. Four games that they had previously announced. They just did a deep dive on four games they previously announced because they hadn't come out yet and they couldn't, they didn't have anything ready to announce for further out. So it was, there was nothing new. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That was the beginning of the slowdown. And now we're starting to see that play off where they're actually showcasing games now that are actually nearly a lot nearer to completion. Well, I think, I think we're probably probably stop it there it's not a microcast unless we've stopped waffling on about playstation we've we've failed on our mission of condensed industry shots of news and analysis um uh, but uh, as always if you've got any feedback on these this is our second one we've done please drop us a, uh, an email at news at gamesindustry.biz we'd love to hear your thoughts or you know you've got us on twitter you've got us on whatever platform we'll, we we get those messages we'll pre- all the people that have responded and said really lovely things thank you it's really nice um we really appreciate it we will be doing more of them um, but uh, uh, until next time, probably early next week, um, have a good weekend, enjoy playing Zelda, and um, yeah, see you soon.